0: Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry, and how y'all doing? I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode because I really enjoyed recording it. I was so excited to put that content together because I am really, really passionate about radical self-care. And I'm always excited about incorporating it into the work that I do with my clients. I'm always excited to have those conversations with potential clients and to ensure that we are incorporating it into our work together, whether it be a consulting project or whether it be a coaching client that I take on. It's important. We got to take care of ourselves, folks. We are adults and adulting be adulting and life be in And if we are not fully taking care of every aspect of ourselves, it could get the best of us. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. So this is part two of that episode. So in last week's episode, we began to explore radical self-care and the areas that fall under radical self-care. So if you did not listen to that episode, go back and listen to that episode and then come back and listen to this one. Or you can listen to this one and then go back and listen to that one. But either way, do me a favor, listen to both. So just to recap, Radical self-care is the intentional act of investing in and caring for your physical, emotional, and mental, social, professional, and spiritual self first before addressing those needs in others. And the five areas of radical self-care that we discussed were radical physical self-care, which focuses on your mind and body, and it goes beyond exercising. We talked about radical emotional and mental self-care, which focuses on you doing what is necessary to care for your mind and your emotions. We talked about radical social self-care, which focuses on connecting with people who feed your soul. We talked about radical spiritual self-care, which focuses on connecting you with a deeper sense of meaning or understanding, not necessarily religion or denomination, just connecting with something that's deeper than self, and then radical professional self-care. And this focuses on how you show up for yourself in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go ahead and listen to last week's episode. If you're already engrossed in this one, I appreciate you. Let's keep on listening. But last week's episode is there for you. So human service professionals and social workers, guess what? We are essential. Period. Pooh. We're essential. You're essential. I said it. I mean it. I've been saying it from day one, and I will continue to say it. I will continue to say that we are essential. I will continue to say that you are essential, and I will go toe-to-toe with anybody who says that we are not. The work that we do on a daily basis makes us and our organizations vulnerable to so much pain and suffering of others. And if we are not properly taking care of ourselves and our people, When I say our people, I mean everybody in your organization that does the work. So the human service professionals and the social workers. It can be disastrous for everyone and our clients. It will be disastrous for our clients, for the clients that you serve and support. If you're not taking care of yourself, it will be disastrous for them as well as yourself. Radical self-care is essential for organizations. It's essential for human service professionals and social workers because it gives us the intentional space for us to gift ourselves the greatest gift that we can give ourselves and others, and that is a whole, happy, healthy you. And for the organizations, it creates a culture of healthy thriving. Based on the personal work I've done with myself and my clients, here are seven proven reasons why radical self-care, in my opinion, is the only form of self-care effective for those of us that's doing this work. Okay? So you might want to get out some pen and paper, So you can jot down some notes. So if you are an executive director listening to this, or if you are a program director listening to this, or if you are a case manager listening to this, or if you are a client-centered person listening to this, grab a little notebook, grab your journal, and jot these down. And you might want to go have a little meeting with your executive director. Like, look, sis, look, sir, I think some things we need to talk about around here. Because we're not doing these things, and I think we should hire Elsie Consulting and Coaching because oh, you got some folks on the verge of burnout, okay? <laughs> so, number one, burnout prevention and implementing radical self-care and being intentional. And you got to be intentional because, see, somebody will say, oh, go home and take a bubble bath. Oh, go get a massage. no, 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 no. As I shared with you in the first episode, this goes beyond and your girl loves a good bubble bath, loves some good smell good, love a good candle, but this goes beyond all of that and we want to prevent burnout. Nonprofit organizations, human service professionals, and social workers are exposed to high levels of stress. Do the nature of their work. I mean, if I think about our environment, at the organization where I'm at, we are short staffed right now, so everybody is kind of pulling in, you know double duty and one of the things that everyone has offered is like, well, I don't mind coming in on my day off. No. you will not. I need you to still make sure you take care of yourself. So taking care of yourself first, it's crucial. To avoid the burnout, which can negatively impact every aspect of the domains of radical self care. And when this happens, it often leads to a professional leaving the profession altogether. Um, and I strongly believe when someone is burnt out, it's already too late. So we want to prevent good people who can be so effective at this work from leaving the profession before. You know, we get to see how amazing they can be with their clients. So right now we're short-staffed. I don't want someone sacrificing their day off just so we can meet a number. No, you still have your day off and we'll make it work. And we've made it work. We've been making it work and we will continue to make it work. So number one is radical self-care is important because it prevents burnout. You know, remember that radical self care is taking care of your physical self, it's taking care of your social self, it's taking care of your mental, your emotional self, it's taking care of your spiritual self. Burnout will impact all of these areas of your life. But if you are taking care of all of these areas of your life, you can prevent burnout from happening. Number two is improved effectiveness. I know. When we care for ourselves, we are better equipped to perform our jobs effectively. Think about that time when you didn't get a good night's rest and you still went to work. You can physically show up for work and not show up for work. You feel me? I had a supervisor t- say that one time. Um, it was during a time when the, the grind, the grindaholic in me, it was real. And for me, it's like, but I am here. I am physically here. And this was many, 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 many years ago. And she said to me, and I appreciate you for physically being here, but you're not here. And she was right. I wasn't. So by maintaining good physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, all of those domains of radical self-care, professionals can focus on tasks. They can have more energy and they can be more productive. And as an executive director, I want someone who's able to physically show up to work and be able to function in their role. If you're lagging through the door, and then I come to your office, and you sitting there like a zombie, sis, bruh. I need you to go home for the day, hon. Get some rest, and my team will tell you. I will send you home if you are sick. Okay, I see you tomorrow, or call me tomorrow. And let me know how you're feeling. If you are not feeling it because you not being fully present. In our organization, it can be the difference between a victim going back to a dangerous situation or not, because you need to listen to ensure that you're not missing something as we are processing with a person who is fleeing a domestic violence situation or or a woman who has just been sexually assaulted or someone who has just fled a human trafficking situation. So you physically showing up but not being present to the work because you are burnt out or you are not radically taking care of yourself. There are areas in your life that you are neglecting It is dangerous. So number three, this falls into number two, better service to clients. Better service to clients. As an executive director, that is the music to my ears. Radical self-care is crucial for your well-being as a professional, and it positively impacts the clients and the community members that you engage with. As professionals, we are better equipped to provide high-quality services to our clients when we care for ourselves, and it's so, so true. This, in turn, can lead to better outcomes for clients, and it leads to better outcomes for you as a professional. And guess what? Self-care, or radical self-care, it doesn't have to be expensive. We can also teach our clients these skills. You know, there's this misconception that self-care has to have this high dollar price tag on it. And when we're talking about sharing and supporting our clients with establishing radical self-care into their daily lives, remember, you know, we have to remember that some of them might can't afford the expensive candles and if the candles is your thing. And so, you know but we can help them with resources that they're able to implement into their lives. So maybe it's one of those things that you help them implement 10 minutes of quiet or community yoga. There are a lot of resources out here now that provide some free community yoga. Maybe there are things, affirmations, affirmations provide them some strips of paper and some markers or crayons, and they can write affirmations for themselves and have them recite these things to themselves daily. You know, it's important not just for us as professionals, but it's important for our clients because they are also holding a lot. They're holding just as much as we are, but just in different capacities. So just because they are our clients don't mean they shouldn't be equipped with the same things that we are equipped with in order to take care of ourselves. So this goes into number four, model healthy behavior. So as an executive director, I have to model healthy behavior for my team. And as team members, it's important that you model healthy behavior for your clients. Organizations, leadership, human service professionals, social workers were often seen by other community members, stakeholders, the community as a whole, and clients as role models. You know, you're always looked at under a microscope. Your clients see what you do. If you are modeling positive behavior, teach your clients resiliency skills. They need those resiliency skills because sometimes they hear know so much that they need to know what to do in order to cope in those moments because sometimes you might not always be available for them. Physical self-care, getting them connected to doctors for medical services, getting their children connected to doctors for medical services, teaching them healthy coping skills. All of these are ways that you can help your clients implement radical self-care into their lives. By prioritizing radical self-care, you and your clients, you can model that healthy behavior and inspire them to do the same. This can create a culture of radical self-care and well-being that benefits everyone. If I, as an executive director, if my team always sees me grinding out, not taking care of myself, my team knows I go to the doctors and I will be on top of them if they don't go to the doctors. I will take days off. I take care of myself. I will go home. Go take care of yourself. Let me know if you need anything. I want them to take care of themselves because I want them to be able to show up and show up not just for themselves, but I want them to be able to show up for their clients. So model healthy behavior. Number five, increased resilience. As we consistently say on this podcast, what is known as an evidence-based fact, organizations, human service professionals, and social workers are exposed to challenging and traumatic situations. It is the nature of the work. We know what it is. I've said it. We're, what, 21 episodes in? You'll probably hear for the next 21 episodes and the next 21 episodes and the next 21 episodes. It is what it is. It's the nature of this work. Professionals can build resilience and coping skills by practicing radical emotional and mental self care to help them navigate these challenges and prevent compassion fatigue. But there also needs to be policies and procedures, and there needs to be things in place on the organizational level to help them process and mitigate compassion fatigue and the things that come along with hearing someone's, in our case, DV experience over and over again, or seeing the physical result of domestic violence or hearing someone's sexual assault story over and over again. Number six is maintaining personal and professional boundaries. Practicing radical self-care supports professionals and organizations to establish and maintain personal and professional boundaries. These boundaries are essential to prevent overextending oneself, taking on too much work or responsibility, and employee retention and morale. Not having and maintaining healthy boundaries can lead to burnout. We've mentioned burnout a lot, and it is so, 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 so true. You know, I can only speak from my experiences here, but my team knows that I care for them a lot. I will be present to them when they need me. But at the end of the day, I cut it off and I come home because I need to regroup. So when I do go in the office, my commute is an hour and 45 minutes from the office to my house. I know everybody's probably looking at my girl. Yeah, but it is. But that gives me time to decompress. I really, I do my own self-care. So sometimes I will ride home in silence. Sometimes I will call my best friend and I will literally laugh the entire ride home. There was a funny video, I'm not going to talk about the details of the video, but there was a funny video going around Instagram this month that I laughed who hard about and probably laughed about that video most of the way home. I will that's my time for me to talk to my mom. Or well, that's my time for me to talk to my son. Or like I said, just ride in silence. Or I will listen to catch up on my podcast episodes. So if I start listening to one after that one's done, then it knows my podcast. So it'll just play the next one and play the next one. So I'll catch up on that. Um, But some again, I love just sitting in silence as I ride home and taking deep breaths or I might just start to sing or I will just put on some calming sounds and just, you know, just be on my way home because I want to come home and I want to show up and be my best self for my husband and my time with him. So number seven is improving job satisfaction. Practicing radical self-care can increase job satisfaction and improve overall emotional and mental health. When individuals prioritize their well-being, they are more likely to feel fulfilled in their work and have the energy to provide high-quality care to clients and the organization where they work. I mean, because you can think about it. When you don't like your job, you don't care what you do at your job. But when you like your job and when you like what you do at your job, you can be passionate about the work, but not really care about where you work at anymore because a variety of reasons. And it will show in the work that you put out. And that is so unhealthy. It is so toxic. It is not healthy for clients and it certainly is not healthy for the organization. But when you are satisfied with your job, when you are taking care of yourself, when you have created and maintained personal and professional boundaries, and when you are fully and intentionally taking care of self, you will show up to work physically and present and be able to fully take care. Of what is needed while you are at work. Radical self care is essential for nonprofit organizations, human service professionals, and social workers. Like, it's so essential to prevent burnout, to improve effectiveness, provide better services to clients, to model healthy behavior. Like, it is so, so important. Professionals must. Please hear me. You must prioritize radical self-care as a part of your daily routine to continue to provide valuable services to your community. Like you have to. It is so important. I am meeting way too many individuals who say, you know, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I used to do it, but I'm not doing it no more. And it's because they were burnt out because they were working in organizations where they did not feel like that they were cared for where they did not feel like they were being taken care of. So if you're wondering how we can support you, I want to support and I want to support organizations and I want to show up for organizations and for professionals because the thing is this, the work that we do as human service professionals and social workers, why we do this work, it is not going away. It is not going away. Look around you look in your community, look at what Congress is doing. It's not going away. And with the way that we are going right now, we are seeing more people come into our services than ever before. I know this is across all service sections. Affordable housing is practically non-existent. You know, a bunch of people have just lost uh, medical insurance who had it because of the pandemic. We are needed. We are absolutely needed. What we provide with the opioid crisis, with the fentanyl crisis, the work that human service professionals and social workers, the work that we do, it is absolutely needed. I remember one time I was having a conversation with the Chamber of Commerce President in Wilson, North Carolina, and it's like, there is a gift that occurs to the work that we do. On one hand, you want domestic violence to stop. You want it to stop. We want to eradicate domestic violence. We want to eradicate crime. We want to eradicate sexual assault. We want to eradicate human trafficking. We want to eradicate all of these things. But in eradicating these things, then what? We, we are so needed. So the flip side of it is, is because we know these things aren't going away. Of course, we want the numbers to go down. But we know these things are going to consistently continue to happen. So because they are going to continue to happen, what are you doing as an organization to ensure that your people are taken care of? So I'm going to tell you how we can help. We can come into your organization and we could possibly do like a radical self-care audit. And this is an in-depth process that is a bit lengthier than the free 30-minute session that we offer And it's where we take a deep dive into your self-care practices and what is holding you back from achieving radical self-care. And what is holding you back from implementing those things within your organizational culture? And you can't tell me that you can't implement those things within your organizational culture, because I know that you can. You can. If you're an executive director that is consistently taking vacations or is never in the office, then you can allow that same space and grace for your client-centered staff. Just saying. Think about it. You have to. If you can take time to not be in the office, then you can create some policies and procedures and some flexibility for your staff to do the same. We can provide education and resources. We can start by educating clients about the importance of radical self-care and its benefits for their personal well-being. Share resources. Y'all know I love books. Y'all already know that I'm a reader. I have some amazing books for this month so we can share articles and podcasts. One of my favorite podcasts, and I say this probably for all the podcasts that I listen to because I don't listen to podcasts that aren't my favorites, but there is one podcast that I'm listening to right now that's called Self-Care in Real Life by Ty Alexandra. She is a beautiful Black woman, but she is talking about self-care and I absolutely love it. She's like my sister girl in my head. Her podcast is awesome. So we can offer podcasts or we can help you develop strategies for implementing radical self-care into your organizational practices. The bad part about it is that a lot of organizations think that this is costly. It is not costly. And I'm going to tell you why it's not costly. Because the organization where I provide leadership to, we're a small organization. We are a small staff. And we are still able to do this. We are still able to ensure that we are taking care of our staff. I think we do a really good job with ensuring that we are taking care of our people and ensuring that they have the space and the grace to take care of themselves. So you, And you have to. You absolutely have to. We can develop personalized radical self-care plans. We work with clients to develop these personalized self-care plans that consider their individual needs and preferences. This could include identifying radical self-care practices they enjoy and finding ways to incorporate them into their daily routine. Like this, radical self-care has to become a part of your daily routine. Like literally, my daily routine, alarm goes off at five. I start to come out of my slumber. I lay in bed for a while and that's where my day starts. I start my meditation. I start thinking for me. This is not a spiritual podcast. However, I do love God. So I start my daily of thanking God. I pray for my husband. I make sure I pray for all my family and friends, those that I speak to and those that I don't. I make sure I start my day that way. And my morning, I don't talk to anyone anyone i don't open my mouth i am in complete utter silence until i get in my car some mornings around 7:30 when i know my best friend's going to be in her car I might call her and then it is maybe utter shenanigans for my hour, 45 minutes. But while I'm in the house, that is my time. That's my quiet time. I use that time to get my mind right. I might drink a cup of coffee. I might drink a cup of tea. But that's my time to get my mind right. When I first get into the office, I don't schedule anything before 10 o'clock because that is also my time. I look at my schedule for the day. I see what I have planned. I think about all areas of radical self-care as I'm planning out my day, all areas. And it's become repetitious, but it's become a part of my life. We encourage accountability. We check in and based on what we have agreed upon to see how, you know, your radical self-care practices are going and, incur- and we encourage you to hold yourself accountable for your routines. Like there's no judgment, but we want you to hold yourself accountable. You're grown ups, adulting, you are adulting and you are in. And we want you to hold yourself accountable. You know, it includes some goal setting and tracking your progress over time. Also, we want to address the barriers to radical self care because sometimes there are some barriers. Those messages that were instilled to us as children, that stuff will follow us into adulthood. Hunty, let me tell you, I was adulting, baby, and still grinding out because granddaddy said that's what I was supposed to be doing. When I tell you I was grinding, I was grinding. And because that's what I was supposed to be doing. If you were not grinding, you wasn't about your business. And if you look across the different social media platforms, that's what social media tells us that we're supposed to be doing. Even though I wasn't, I don't pay social media that much attention. But that's what was instilled into me as a child that like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grind, and so that's what I did. And so I have those conversations with my son all the time because my son has adopted those behaviors and he's adopted those behaviors because that's what he saw me do. So we support clients in helping them identify and address any obstacles that they have when trying to implement radical self-care. It might be something as simple as, you know, I just don't have the support at home. And it might be, you know, maybe we sit down with a client and we do a support wheel. So let's look at all the supports because sometimes you might not acknowledge that that's a support. So let's help you identify all of your supports. You know, we brainstorm creative solutions that can support a person overcoming the obstacles that's making them make radical self-care a priority for themselves. And the last one is we cultivate a supportive environment. We cultivate a supportive and non judgmental environment where we want to make sure our clients feel comfortable discussing their self care practices or lack thereof. Because, baby, honey, let me tell you, there was a time that I did nothing for self care. It was work, sleep, work. Work, sleep, homework. Work, homework, sleep work discussion post apa and i just did it and i was part of it and it was like it was just a part of my life and you know when people were sure that's not normal lies that is normal why was it normal because granddaddy said it was so there's no judgment here there is no judgment here at all You know, we encourage our clients to connect with others and, you know, create that support system around them and begin to take small steps towards practicing radical self-care because, forget again, radical self-care is also about knowing when to seek support. It's not just about, you know, okay, I can shut down at five. And that's all I need to do. No, ma'am. It might be a situation that, you know what, I might need to go seek some therapy or I might. I haven't had a wellness check in two years. I might need to reach out to a doctor. I might need to do I There might be others you might have to reach out to in order to reach the level of radical self-care that you want to get to. But I promise you, when you get there, mm, mm, mm. it's so sweet. Girl, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. So, we can support organizations, human service professionals, social workers in implementing this into their lives and the cultures of their organizations. So, I just wanted because, you know, I get a lot of questions or, well, how can you do this? That's how we can do it. And we would love to do it with you not for you, but we want to do it with you because I did it and I did it raising a son in college. At one point, y'all, it was not a game. I was literally working three jobs, raising my son and in college, but it's what I was supposed to do. But you don't have to. Grind culture is not normal. And what I'm not saying is that you're not supposed to do what you need to do to take care of you and your family. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to do what you do to be an adult. Or I'm not saying that you're not supposed to show up when it's time to be an adult or when life is life and that's not what. What I'm saying, but what I am saying is that grinding is not normal. Society has told us it's normal, and it's not. What I am saying is that not resting is not normal. Not taking care of yourself is not normal. Putting everything and everyone before you is not normal. Only being passionate about work and not being passionate about yourself is not normal. It's not normal. Be passionate about you, boo. I want you to be passionate about you. I want organizations just as when you interview that human service professional and that social worker, and she came in or he came in through those doors, and he was passionate about that work. If he is not passionate about himself or herself and in taking care of himself or herself, That is a problem. And it should be a problem for you as an organization if your professionals are not investing in themselves the way they are investing in your organization and in the clients that they serve. Whew, that's another full episode, beautiful people. Just like every episode, I hope I said something that resonated with you today because I really want people especially people who do human services work and social work, because y'all my people. Y'all my people, and I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. And I really want y'all to be taking better care of yourselves. I really, really do. So in closing, I want to share with you another poem written by Alexandra L. And it's from her book, Loving My Language, and it's entitled Realization. I belong to no one but myself. I give myself permission to be free. Mm. Remember, y'all, radical self care is health care and kindness is free. So be kind to someone today. I love you so much for listening. Thank you so much, everybody, all over the world especially you Australia for listening to the passionate stewardship podcast do me a favor and rate us wherever you listen to this podcast and until next time I love you so much for listening and be kind to somebody bye hey.